0: something I want to show you in just a second but I, just, I, I want to give you just a little side note because somebody needs to break through some propaganda this is, just, this is just a little help lest you believe a lie by the way you should know that the enemy of our soul is a liar and the father of all lies and all, the only language he speaks is lies and there's no untruth in God so if it's even a little off, whole truth, if it's, a, if it's a partial lie, it's a lie. So just so I'm on record, this is just J.R. right here, i got to tell you. So lest you believe that there is a moral equivalency between this week and the last seven months, where they would have to believe that it was me and you that tried to tear down the Capitol. There were some fools in that bunch, let me tell you. I ain't going to stand, let's be completely honest. I don't know who all they were, but they were fools. But I listened to seven months of cities under siege without a peep. I'll go ahead and say another name. Joe Biden didn't say a word not a word the city of Seattle had blocks that were declared autonomous for weeks and they would have you believe that we're the problem so I just got something to say if there were two hundred thousand of me and you in Washington DC last week and we'd have wanted to take that capital We could have took it down, block by block, turned it around the other direction and put it back together by nightfall. So stop it. God has said that for somebody to know, don't you buy the propaganda. Don't you buy the lie. And if you got people that you know that are acting a fool, you tell them. I'm I'm talking about people that's supposed to be on God's side. Don't you, don't you take up for stuff that's junk. That's just as wrong. But know the truth. If the, if the Bible belt, as they used to call it, Bo and, if Bo and Luke would have wanted to dismantle that, if they would have wanted to dismantle that capital, they'd have went home and got Daisy and Uncle Jesse and Cousin Cooter. And they'd have done it. That was just as free as it can be. I want people to know what's true. Whether it's in the church house or the White House, God's people should stand on truth. Amen. We're going to turn this morning to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. How many of you know we have church on Sunday night and after... Some of you, that's news. (laughs) Some of you, (laughs) I wouldn't really go in there, but whoo. (laughs) After, at the end of service on Sunday night, since August, we've been having a prayer meeting around here, and that's been a growing prayer meeting, and by the way, uh, God moves because of prayer meeting. What you've seen this morning is because of Prayer. Prayer. My house shall be called the house of prayer of all nations. That's all peoples. We get that every week. Don't worry about it. I even love what it said. Did y'all hear what it said? I'm not sure I understand. That's rich. Yeah. I love it. I love it. God's been moved, meeting with us powerfully in those prayer meetings. And we've been praying some really specific things. And last week we added some more really specific prayer. And before we could say amen, the Lord began to answer by gifts of the Spirit. And if it's okay, I'm going to take about five minutes for the for MAG Church that wasn't around, for the Sunday morning crowd to hear that five minutes. Can we start with that? Is that okay? Church, look at me. There's something you need to understand. It is not an egotistical prayer to ask for God to expand your territory. We're not talking about building human kingdoms here. Many of you remember when the prayer of Jabez just became a popular thing. It it was more than a cute book and a popular thing. It's actually in the Word. (laughs) Lord, I, I pray that you, That you expand my territory. That you stretch out the tent stakes a little further. And that we be established. That you open doors. Can we pray it? Lord, church, we don't have because we don't ask. We have the right to ask and to expect. God raises up ministries. God raises up churches. God raises up places and uses them. He does You know about William Seymour today And and the Azusa Street revival Because God raised up a man and a mission You know You know about Jonathan Edwards for a reason You know You hear me You know about George Whitfield today For a reason because God raised up men And ministries and expanded their Territory and touched their world God didn't give us a building and a and open all these doors for it to sit here for us to admire for the next 20 years. Expand our territory. Will you agree with that tonight? There's power in agreement. Let's agree together. Lord, we're asking. Open the doors. Close the doors that we don't need. Open the doors that are your plan. Lord, raise our influence and our profile in the area for your glory. Lord, we're not building personal kingdoms. Lord, we're not looking for to, to, for recognition. Lord, we're looking for the power of the gospel to influence a region and an area, a state. I'm praying people that will believe that you can move in their midst. Lord, expand my territory. Stretch out our tent stakes. Make us a shiny city on a hill. Lord, have your way. Lord, raise up ministries and ministers out of this body of believers. Raise up missionaries, evangelists, pastors, prophets, teachers out of this body. Lord, let it be a full gospel. A complete ministry in the name of
1: Jesus. I've heard the prayer. I'm Here is a man that came to me and said, if you will, you can have be home." The Lord would say to this father, I will. I will. I will raise you up. I will set you as a life and a fear. I will use you. To those who are in need, to those who have a need for salvation, to those who have a need for healing, to those who just have a need to be a part of this life. I would say to this church, even as I did to the other church, I
0: We have a calling to walk in. Yeah. A mandate and it has begun. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. That means so be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so be it. Matthew chapter 25 verse 1. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 says, Then Jesus is speaking. By the way, he has just finished his discourse in Matthew chapter 24 on what will be recognized as the signs of the end of the age. So that is the context. He says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be like and when. By the way, stop, when. (laughs) When. It says, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened when. The context is in when, the end. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried or delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Now, by the way, everybody needs rest. It says they all slumbered and slept and at midnight there was a cry made behold the bridegroom comes go you out and meet him then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out but the wise answered saying not so lest there be not enough for us and you but go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourself for yourselves and when they went to buy the bridegroom came and they that were ready went with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say to you, I know you not. Watch therefore. For you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. I want to speak to you just for a few moments this morning on you can't have my oil. You can't have my oil. Father, I love you. I thank you for what you've already done in this service. Lord, you're worthy of every praise. Lord, I'm so thankful that your power and your anointing and your to save is in the house. Lord, to change lives, to wake people up. Lord, have your way for the remainder of the service. Anoint these lifts of clay. Let us communicate the oracles of heaven today. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say to your church and your people. Draw, stir, awaken, motivate, send in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Many of you, maybe even most of you, are familiar with this account This parable that Jesus used to demonstrate some wisdom into the life of the listener. It is an account of preparation, it is an account to the wise, it is a a warning to the sleepy. It is a wake up call to the complacent in Christ. He's calling to his people today to be ready. I want to make note of a few things this morning. I just want you to notice a few things. The beginning of the account that all of the virgins had a lamp and a light, enough oil to burn. All of them were part of the wedding party that was to come. It says that, they were, that these virgins were foolish to not prepare beyond the moment. To think they had enough for the task at hand. And they did. There's a key phrase in the middle of the account that we should take note of. They, they did have enough for the moment. <laughs> but it said that the bridegroom tarried his coming. Church, there's no time for complacency right now. Church, while they all slept because at the t- when the bridegrooms tarry, they all needed a rest, and, and, but t- in order to be able to rest, you've got to be full. In order to be in a condition to even lay down, you've got to be prepared. It's the same message that was early on in the service, just a different way. There was a rebuking, convicting power that hit this place earlier in the service, but today... Now we're down to an instructional moment, uh, 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 a, a call, if you will, a reminder, uh, uh, a pleading, even to his own, that you have to be ready. Church, you have to be ready. There's no time For the complacency. What does it look like today? What Jesus was saying? Because see, when you when you when you look at the word of God, there's a few things you consider, especially if you do anything, if you're going to minister. Or administer you into in an expository way. If it's going to be, if it's going to be, what is this literally saying to me? So you have to look at who's speaking and who they're speaking to at the time and why, right? And then, what does it say to me now? Now I should rephrase that. What is the word of God? properly saying to me now you have to understand that there's not a you gospel there's not a custom-built gospel for you there's one gospel there's one word of god that applies to you in the way that he directed it does that make sense It is, the message is, if your mind be ready, whether it's a few moments or I wait a while, you have to stay engaged in my word. You have to stay full of my spirit. You have to have something to live off of because if you don't have any oil, you don't have any light. And you don't have any way in. The, the message of being ready, the complacency, if you placed it in today's world and in my life and in your life right now, and they all slept, and it's not literally always about going to bed. It's about you have life to live. You're here. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We, we go places. We do things. We, we don't sit around 24 hours a day with their nose in the Bible or on our knees in prayer although you can't get enough of that but you understand don't miss you understand what I'm saying. He's not saying that you don't have a life in this world. but when you love to, but when you're running on just enough for now you end up empty. Let me drill down a little right here, because you need to understand that when things in life become to be more important than the oil, you're in a state of slumber and foolishness. You say, well, preacher, we come here, you. We come to church, and that's part of it. It certainly is. I have to stay in the book all week. I I try to stay in prayer. I can do better on all of that, even as your pastor. But here's the thing you need to know you can't have my oil. Even if I was willing to give it to you, the wise recognize. Yeah, I have some oil. And when they said, when the bridegroom made the cry, he wasn't there. He was on his way. And they, they said, give it us. And he says, no, no, no. They said, no, I, I can't do that because I don't know how much longer it's going to be. And if I give you mine, we're, we're all going to, all 10 of us are going to be without oil and a light. You can't have mine. He, they said, go and buy for yourself. Listen. We have to come ourselves. We have to live this thing ourselves. We have to. We have to be full ourselves. There's. There's going to come a time when it's going to be when. When it's on its way and it's too late. I can't run. I can't. I can't run to the pastor's house. I can't run. It's. It's. It's Thursday and Sunday's four days away and it's now. You got to be prepared. What stands in the way? Mostly life. Complacency. Can I remind you what he called the five? He called them foolish. Jesus said that. I know that's not the Jesus people recognize today. I told you before, if Jesus, if this was Jesus today, we would have people telling him he wasn't very Christ-like. It's true because we have, we have a, a, a skewed idea of what, of what the truth of the word is, of who Jesus is. We think, we think he's a cosmic genie that comes and sweeps in every once in a while when we're in a mess because you hadn't thought about him the last, since the last time he was in a mess. And frankly, you don't know him. I'll jump to the end of the story right quick just so we can fill in right here. He, he told five foolish virgins that were a part of the wedding party. When the door was shut, he said, I don't I, he said, I don't know you. Now, he's God. That doesn't mean he don't know your name. It means we don't have any relationship. You know, I had somebody call me and ask me about a preacher friend or you know of this evangelist or that evangelist, they'll say, You know him? I say, Well, yeah, I've heard him whatever. Well, what are you thinking? But I heard he said this and did that and went there and did this, and I say, Well, I I I know who he is, but I don't know him. Come on. He didn't know know them because they were all too always too busy to be full of oil and be close by. what does slumber look like y'all can you read this? You, you you think everybody went to bed not night and they went to bed at 10 and they came at 12 but what it really means is life got so complacent that it was that the oil and the timing was no longer on our mind and what was important we thought we could get by hadn't been in I hadn't man, I I just I just gotta get down there. So y'all just gonna have to get over it. Always keeping in mind that I that I spent at this point in my life, I spent two thirds of my life on your side of the pulpit, not this side. So I know you better than I know me. I'm talking about the pew better than the pulpit. don't y'all hate that about me? <laughs> y'all like that guy that, that, was, that was born, well, I was kind of born under the pew, but they were born at Bible school. And they've been, they've been called to the ministry since, since they were conceived. And, and, they, and they started preaching when they were seven and took their first church when they were 15. Y'all like that guy because he don't know anything about your life. Because <laughs> they don't. I'm just telling you. I know lots of preachers. They're my friends. I'm not bashing on them. I'm just telling you, some of them's been in so long, they don't even know what it's like. Here, I'll help you. Little, I'll help you a little bit. I'll make you feel a little better. They'll tell you to believe in faith for their, for when their when your car's broke down. And they'll go to the pulpit and say, would y'all believe with me? I'm having car trouble. Would y'all believe with me for an answer? Knowing good and well that when he says that out loud, that four people going to meet him before he gets outside and say, I'll take care of your car, preacher. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> That's as true as it can be. They wouldn't know faith in that. So, I know sometimes y'all hate it that I know y'all better than I know this side. I'm pretty familiar with them, though. (laughs) Complacency looks like, well, I've already said it once, I might as well. It it looks like a New Year's resolution. You know why? I said, I ain't that cute. Because you know why? Well, uh, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to go to church starting this year. You made a New Year's resolution start going to church because you weren't going to church. (laughs) My New Year's resolution. (laughs) I'll come to that one in a minute. (laughs) My New Year's resolution is I'm going to read my Bible every day. That's your New Year's resolution because you had not been reading your Bible. Can I ask you a question so you know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever made a resolution for something you were already doing? (laughs) Asleep. Man, I got to get this weight off after the holidays. Honey, you had it before the holidays. That ended all of it, Brother Richard. Ain't nobody heard another thing. This dress make me look big? No, the ding-dongs did. Focus, preacher. Focus. Y'all needed that. You did. You needed that. sleep is when the things of God take the back seat. You know what I've noticed about a lot of things that make it to my back seat? There's a lot of things I throw in my back seat. I try not to do that anymore. I made a resolution. <laughs> I try not to do that anymore. But usually something makes it to my back seat. It's, not, it's no longer my priority. And and there have been times it's sat there for a month or two in my back seat. And usually, most of the time, unless it's a really great jacket or something and it's got warm weather, and I just left it back there and hadn't took it in, most of the time if it goes to my back seat, the next place it goes is out of the car to to the trash can. When things begin to not have priority, they tend to just fall on out. I'm trying to hurry. But then the call went out. And see, even the complacent know enough about what's going on to know, oh my. i waited too long. Oh my, what do I do? It's my own, you may even say, it's my own stinking fault. But that doesn't put any oil in your lamp either. Some of us think confession's all that's required. And I can know it's my fault, but if I don't never change and buy some oil, I'm still out. One preacher said, that's better preaching than your amen." Right now, it's not that big a deal, but I'll give you an example. Because right now, I can't go to the hospital anyway. They won't let me in. But see, a preacher, under normal circumstances, when they they try to keep a little gas in their car and things like that, because they don't ever know when the phone's going to ring at midnight, and somebody's going to have 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, and they're going to need somebody at the hospital. Or somebody's got a terrible visit from the state police at their door, and they need need their pastor because their life just went to pieces. And the pastor was sitting on a walk. I think some of my cars need a a, a F and an E and a W because you're somewhere between empty and walk. (laughs) Y'all know, well, you know, you you need some gas. I know my car. (laughs) I'm helping somebody. when that call comes at 2 o'clock in the morning, I live in Mauriceville, and there ain't a gas station open to Viter or Orange, and I've been on walk for two days. <laughs> and I think, man, this is my fault. I'm still on empty. You ain't, You didn't hear. I said all that, and you didn't even hear. Knowing it's my fault at two o'clock in the morning don't help me get to the gas station at Vider so I can go to the hospital at Beaumont. You know what would help me? It's knowing that that I was low and going before they closed and being full before I went to bed. That is what would have helped me. There's going to come a time when you're in a situation and you know about the Lord, you know about the things of God, you've been, but you've been running on empty half your life and when the, and when the, when the crunch time, it could be, maybe it's rapture, maybe, and you're not even going to, it's going to, say it's going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Or maybe it's just your life hits that crisis. Maybe you're the one that got the visit from the trooper. Maybe you're the one that got that three o'clock phone call. Maybe you're the one that the phone call was about. And you're empty. You have a lamp, but you don't have no oil. You got religion, brother, but you ain't got no fire. You ain't hearing me. You got everything that looks like you got all you need, but it ain't got nothing in it. That's bad English, good preaching. I've found a lot of times the best preaching is bad English. I'm. Oh, you know I'm just real prone to go where angels fear to tread. Sometimes you couldn't fill up because your baby has 16 little league games. Brandon said, Quit dropping that $1,000 mic. (laughs) Y'all ain't playing. When your kids become your idol, your kids are a blessing from God. Don't you dare let your blessing become your curse. Don't you dare. Don't you dare do it. It is your job to raise that child in the fear and admonition of God. It is your job to teach that child how to where the oil is at. It is your job to teach that child how to trim their wick. It is your job to teach that child how to keep the light burning. And if you're near, and if they're more interested in, in little dribblers and, and this, that there ain't nothing wrong with that. Don't you hear me wrong, but whenever you got time for everything else but for them to be in the church house, you're the problem. And don't you dare be crying when they're 15, come sitting in my office saying, I don't understand where I went wrong. Well, they can play ball. I hear they have good teams in prison. Yep. This is free. If you spend all your time defending your child for what they've done wrong and don't correct them, get used to it because you're going be, to be paying a lawyer to do it later on. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's older, he'll not depart from it. Give him a chance. There's things. Being full of oil and having a fire. Being ready for what... er, er, When people preach this text, they always think it's always about rapture. And certainly that's part of it. But you know what it's really about? It's when tragedy does strike and you're bone dry. It's not the time to find some oil. To be able to stand through the fire, stand through the flame, stand through the crisis, stand through, you're going to need to be full. Listen. I know all about that. It's not the time to go shopping when the helicopter's flying to the accident scene. It's not the time to go shopping when the doctor says you got cancer and there's nothing I can do for you. I thank God He's a merciful God and He'll come in your life at those times too. But I can tell you, it's a whole lot better off when you're full of oil. Church, I'm not exaggerating trying to stir you, scare you, anything like that when I say the country you live in is never going to be what you knew before. There is never going to be a time when I you can send your kids out and they can come home when the street lights come on. That was how it was when I grew up. You got through out of the house. Never mind if you were going to go down the street and play. You got through out. Go play. My mama and Helen Gilbert that lived out the street, they locked the screen door on you. You was going out to play. Be home when the streetlights come on, boy. Don't you make me come looking for you. (laughs) Come on, somebody. That's not what we live in right now. We got to be ready. I'm Brandon, you can come back. I'm winding down. Here's what I want you to know, man. It, some somebody here, it, it may be the first time you've ever heard a preacher say this, and it may make you mad. I don't know. But when you go, when you don't have anything, then you get in bad situations. I'm going to wait so everybody can hear me. When you don't have anything to draw from and you're in bad situations, when you're not, when, when God's not yours and you're not his, people go, everybody's a Christian on Facebook and everybody's a Christian when, they, when they're in trouble. I've noticed that. They go to praying. If you're not his, he owes you nothing. I don't think you understand that. He says, "Why do you pray and and your prayers not answered? Because sin has separated you from God." It says. Oh, in His grace and in His mercy, sometimes He intervenes, but He doesn't have to. The prayer that He hears is the prayer of the repentant heart that turns to Him and walks with him then his ear is inclined to you y'all don't even know that y'all just think that he's just sitting up there can't wait for you to ring in even though you don't even know who he is and it never even occurred to you whenever you were living like hell but God came through anyway cause you think you prayed that it might have been that mama that never gave up Oh you got the impression that you moved God when you're living like hell. What if it was what if it was grandma that's rang the bells of heaven for 40 years that was faithful and he honored her to spe- I prayed this prayer. Lord, keep them protected until they come home. You never know what hell's going to do to distract people Turn them off back back switch turn them off Church all of today is about this You're going to have to shake off the complacency Get real because it is getting real Stand with me. First thing I would ask is this Is there one more this morning? Is there one more that God has dealt with your heart all morning? The Spirit of God has dealt with your heart all morning. You didn't answer earlier, but He's never let you go. In His mercy and His grace, He's still dealing with your heart. Is there one more? Is there one more? Come on. Come on. Is there one more? Souls have already been brought into the kingdom today. That's God's number one priority. But I can tell you right now, You say, preacher, I don't like you saying what you're saying. Young person, you may be saying, I don't like your preacher. Your preacher scares me. I don't like your church because they they expect your response. I don't like your church because I didn't understand everything that went on there this morning. But something in you is stirring and you know that you find. It may be the first time in your life you ever felt something real in the church house. Can I talk to that young person just a second? Is that okay? It's just 10 after we ain't early birds around here. Young person, you say, well, that scared me and I don't, I don't like that. And all, you ain't scared of all that demonic crap you're watching on TV. Said so the preacher said crap. Yeah, because you understand that. I ain't cussing. Come on, somebody. You watching every demon vampire blood drawing imp of hell you can find on YouTube and in your bedroom and then act like you're scared of the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit you ain't scared, you're convicted you ain't scared you don't like being dealt with by the power of God is that you this morning? That's as straight as you're ever going to hear. Is that you this morning? That's you. That's you. I'll even meet you over here so you're not in the lights. Is that you this morning? I'm not going to hold on forever. Saints are praying. Is that you? Church, I'm talking to you now. It's time to pray, even if just for the next few, we'll have prayer meeting tonight, but we need to pray right now. Those of you that want to, you can step out in the aisle, step to the front, whatever you want to do. We'll be, we'll move into it right now, right now, right now. There's people in this church I should never have to ask that twice. Mag Church, listen to me. You're home, folks. You're, you're spirit-filled. You're saved. I should never have to ask the church twice to respond to prayer. I'm telling you right now, I should never have to do that. So I'm willing to say out loud as a pastor that I'm, I'm, I'm instructing you, and I'm tired of begging every week. I'm going to tell you straight up. If you're if you're a part of this church, you're, you're blood-bought, spirit-filled, the pastor should never have to ask you twice to respond to prayer. Wake up, church. Let's pray together. I'll lead you. Lord, we're asking you right now. Lord, I'm thankful. I want to come to you first with thanksgiving. Lord, I'm coming with thanksgiving. I thank you for all that you've ever done for me. Lord, I thank you that I was born in this time for this season. Lord, I'm thankful that I was raised in a place that heard about the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for all the freedom you've given me to this point. Lord, now I ask that you take what's in me that you've given me. Lord, and we're going to bombard heaven with the power of the Holy Spirit in unity. Lord, we're calling on you. Lord, first of all, we're asking that you expose the darkness that's going on in this land and around this world. We recognize that it's the literal spirit of Antichrist, lawlessness, the lawless one that has been turned loose on this earth. Lord, we come against the spirit of lawlessness by the power of the Spirit of God. I don't care what this world has, God. I don't have any fear because the Word says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. The power of the Spirit is greater than 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 the lawlessness that's going on. Lord, raise up a people from all across this nation, all across this world. The world is in danger, church, not just the United States. Lord, expose the liars and the lies right now. Lord, but more importantly than all of that is let God's people, let God arise. Church, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. God arises when the church of God takes to its feet. God arises when people begin to walk in victory and power. God arises when they take Him at His word. God arises when people of God get full of the oil of the Spirit and begin to walk and come out of their complacency. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise. In Jesus' name. Lord drive back the powers of hell. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Y'all can turn the house back lights back on so people can see to get out. Church. The time is now is now as you're leaving final thought just so you know God's never lost any power and he's not losing he's not losing and he never will lose but He uses His people and His church. Stand up. Get in the Word. Stay full of His Spirit and walk in His power. Amen.